Welcome to episode number 88 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. For those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, Quality Christian Living is a podcast series designed to help us have the type of life that God wants us to have as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us we should have an abundant life, that we should be more than conquerors, and we should live a life filled with joy and peace. So in order to do that, we need to learn the concepts of walking this Christian life. So we designed a podcast helping individuals understand how God sees them and how we should see ourselves in our relationship to Him. I've done a series on finances, on prosperity, on veterans, on generosity, on things that will help us with our Christian walk. And this particular series is entitled Faith to Receive. So this series is designed to help us grow in our walk with God and to be able to move to a new level of faith, a greater faith as I like to call it. So today, this episode is entitled How to Catch the Concept of Calling Forth Something from Nothing. Now, if you're new to my podcast, you'll probably have a little question about what does it mean to call something from nothing. Well, the teaching on that subject, which I've been on now for about the last, I would say, 10 weeks, is dealing with the teaching that Paul gave us when he talked about God blessed Abraham and told Abraham that he would bring life into nothing that God can raise the dead, that God has the ability to bring forth things that we feel are dead and gone and out of our life into reality. So that concept of calling forth those things that are not as though that they are is found in the book of Romans in chapter 4 and verse 17. I want to read that verse to you for those who have entered into this new teaching that I have, or maybe you are new to my podcast. It says in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's talking about Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. What that means is that God looks at everything being possible in our life. And that's how we should look at life also. Now today, I want to get into something that is so crucial to understanding teachings maybe that you've not heard before. And that has to do with catching the idea or the concept. There was an old statement that I've heard pretty much all of my life that says some things are taught and some things are caught. This teaching is something that must be caught. You must believe it in your spirit, in your heart, in your soul, in who you are. Because if we don't do that, we'll never understand the concept of calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. And believing that God can do something great in your life. Now I realize that most things in our life are taught to us. Parents teach their children the basic issues of life, what to eat and to drink and what to wear. They teach them how to play with other children. Children are taught to swim and to ride a bicycle, to throw a ball or give a baby doll a bath. Most of the time, teaching our children to do these things is fun. However, there are many things in life that cannot be taught. Those things need to be caught. You could say it's when a light goes off in our mind and we think something like, oh, now I get it. It's when we think about the punchline in a joke and say, that's it, that's it, okay, I get it now. Some would call it a revelation, new insight, or a new understanding. Let me just give you a list of the things that we need to catch in life. It's extensive, but I've just come up with a few that I think might demonstrate what I mean when I'm talking about learning to catch something rather than just being taught about it. As I go through this list of just several items I think that need to be caught, I think it'll help us understand that sometimes we read scriptures and we read it, it's being taught to us, but we don't catch it. 
It's like a great scripture that says that you can receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. It'll guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Well, that's nice to read. That's nice to listen to. It sounds good. It sounds great. But there's more than just listening to it. There's more than just seeing it. We've got to catch it and receive it and take it into our spirit. So let me just give you a couple things that I believe have to be caught. First and most important is that of accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Now, that is the ultimate thing to catch. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to wait any longer to do that. You can just repent of your sins and say, Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And when you do that, and when you say that, and you mean it with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind, then you've caught it, and God will catch it, and then he'll make that come to pass in your life, and the Holy Spirit will move upon you. And if you prayed that prayer, then you gave your heart to Jesus. Now, that has to be caught, and that is by far the most important item. Here's another thing that has to be caught and not caught, and that is falling in love. Now, as a young person, there's something they call puppy love. Puppy love is when you kind of think you love someone, you kind of feel good about someone, but in reality, it's not a really deep falling in love because many times people that have a puppy love haven't matured to the point to understand truly what love is all about. Well, it's the same thing about it being a Christian. Many times people become Christians. They know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. They've given their heart to him. They've received him as Lord, and they know that they know that they're going to go to heaven. And that's wonderful. But then they they don't grow from there. They're taught a lot, but they don't catch a lot. They're taught premises and biblical teachings and doctrines and things that can be very powerful and wonderful, but they don't make it come to pass in their own life. I know there's a lot of folks that I've talked to over the years that I've taught them, but I've seen that it's never they've never really caught it and they've never made part of their life. So falling in love, real love, is something that needs to be caught. I don't think I need to talk any more about that because we certainly understand the difference between love and maybe an infatuation, but just simply receiving it and knowing what love's all about. Another item that is the difference between being taught and caught is setting a pattern of savings instead of spending. All right, you can be taught how to handle your finances. You can be taught instructions and given instructions and given charts and guidelines and start filling in the boxes and all that good stuff. But until you start doing what you're taught, then you've not really received it. And in order to understand the concept of calling forth those things that are not as though that they are, you've got to believe for something that's not and that it's going to be, that it will come to pass and believe it so much in your soul that you won't accept any other teaching. You will live a life believing God can bring forth things from the past and bring them back to life in your life. Here's another idea or something that needs to be caught, choosing a career path. Now, when a person's young and they're kind of immature, they might think they want to be a doctor or a fireman because they saw something on TV or they think it's kind of neat or they like their doctor. But in reality, there comes a time when we choose a career path. That's something that we want to do, we love to do, we desire to do. And I think it's crucial that we teach our young people that when they choose a career, it's something they should consider doing for the rest of their life. It's something that they should be so excited about that it will be something that they'll be carried through during good times, during bad times, and know that that's their career path. They've caught that. And regardless of the challenges that happen, they'll still believe it. Same thing with the scripture. You've been diagnosed with a sickness of some kind, but you believe the scripture that says, I'm calling forth my healing, even though I don't see it right now, but you're going to continue to believe for it. You've caught it. You believe it. It's now part of you. And that's this crucial thing we need to have in order to have good faith. Of course, faith in itself is something that has to be caught. 
We believe or we don't believe. We can question, that's not faith. We can doubt, that's not faith. We can fear, that's not faith. But having faith is catching and believing God's word and believing that something great is going to happen in your life when you have a great need. Let me give you a couple things I hope that you get out of this particular podcast. Regardless of what we believe is without life, our God can create new things out of nothing. That's one of our goals today. Another goal we're going to have today is make a list of those things in your life that need to be brought back to life. And a third point I hope to clarify in this podcast, and if I don't get quite to it, we'll be doing it in future podcasts. And that is, think about this, sometimes our intellect robs us of our faith and our ability to catch faith and believe through our faith something great is going to happen. Take a second and just think of this. Think about the thought that God creates new things out of nothing. Sounds kind of interesting and very intriguing, doesn't it? Now, if we only read these words, we just look at the words and say, oh, those are nice words. Those are interesting. We'll not receive the full substance from them. However, when we try to understand what they mean to us and whatever we're going through, then something happens in our spirit. See, the words, God creates new things out of nothing, can be and will be life-changing. They will bring new life into our heart and mind. When the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he was referring to Abraham and Sarah, as I've talked about so much before. But now we catch the meaning of something coming from nothing. Now when we do that, we can find hope for our future. We can find hope from our past. We can look at something in the past we gave up on and believe it can come back. God wants to bring life into your future. He wants to give you hope where there seems to be no hope. Bringing life from death is not a problem for our God. He created, remember, the universe out of nothing. He raised his son Jesus from death to life. So so remember this, regardless of what we believe is without life or without hope or without possibility, our God can create new things out of nothing, stuff we've given up on. He'll bring it to pass. Salvation, of course, is the greatest example of something coming from nothing. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you can do that at any time. And you can lead other people to Jesus Christ. And I've already led you into that prayer so you understand what I'm talking about. But let's believe that God creates new things for our future. We can believe our wayward children will find new life in Jesus Christ. We can believe that dead, forgotten dreams will come back to life in our families. You know, there's a couple that I know, a family that I know in our church, and they've been praying for a a young man who's one of their children who's gotten away from them. He's taken on a whole new lifestyle. He's decided he's got all the answers. He's kind of turned his back on God, kind of moving in whatever direction he wants to go. He's a, quite frankly, a prodigal son. And we've been praying now for years that something would change. And it's so exciting to think that just this last week, they received a call from him. And he said, Mom, Dad, I want to come home. I want to come home. I need to come home. I just need to kind of get things in my life straightened out. So they're not giving up and I'm not giving up, but we're believing that he's going to have a massive change in his life and that he's going to see the light where he was chasing darkness in the past. And so I'm excited about that family. Now I want you to do this. I want you to take a moment right now, get out a piece of paper. Now if you're, of course, if you're jogging or driving, whatever, you can't do that. So you'll have to go listen to this again. But when you get a chance, get a piece of paper and write things down that you feel need to come back to life in your life. Now this podcast is given to help us catch the teaching of the Apostle Paul. The words you are reading could change your life. 
And as you write these things down, as you make this list of things you want to see happen, and some of you just, you need to get a pencil now and sit down and say, I need to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book and I'm going to write a book about my life or I'm going to write a biography or I'm going to start to paint or I'm going to start to sew or knit or I want to take up golf or I want to, whatever it might be. There's things that you've thought that you'd like to do and you've kind of given up on them. This whole podcast is to help us believe that God will bring that back to life in your life. Now, many in our church have caught this teaching. I mean, many of them. I've talked to more people that say when they pray now, it's totally different. They don't worry about the circumstances. They don't worry about, well, the doctor says this, or the doctor says that, or the finances aren't there. They just believe with all their heart, all their mind, and all their soul, God's going to perform a miracle in their need, and they claim it, and they believe for it, and they won't give up on it. So, Romans 4.17 has become a vital part of their life, and it can be and should become a vital part of all of our lives. Maybe a hurdle that you're having is that you wonder if God really wants to bless you, or you kind of wonder if God isn't still mad at you because of something you've done. But you see, that's not how we should look at God. We need to let God be God, which simply means let Him do what He says He will do, and not doubt what he says he will do, or not question whether he will do what he says that he will do. His word says it, we must believe it, and we must accept it and walk forward into it. And that comes about only by catching and believing that the words of God are true and real, and the promises of God are for you and for your life. I think there's something I need to point out here, and that is that this is not the power of positive thinking. I'm not trying to get you to just be a positive thinker, although there's nothing wrong with being a positive person are having a positive approach to the issues of life and believing that you can be blessed. This is this teaching is not a mind over matter type of approach. This is not a quick fix concept to tell you that you can achieve anything you want based on the power of your mind. Matter of fact, it's important we understand that making that statement alone is denying God's power and saying that man's power is greater than God's power. And that's a lot of people are chasing that concept today. They think that they're equal to God or their mind is equal to God's mind. And that's just sad. And they'll never live up to what God has planned for them, to the life he has planned for them. You see, I, I want you to understand, I I love the, the mind. I love the thoughts that we have. I love our thinking ability. But God's the one that created that mind. He created in us an amazing mind. He wants us to use it and be thankful for our ability, for our ability, the ability that he's given us to think and to reason. But we must be careful. Our mind cannot create something from nothing. That, maybe I need to talk about that for a second. Our minds are not things that will just will something to happen. You know, I want it, so therefore I'm going to get it, and I'm just going to hang in there and believe for it, and that'll take care of it, and that'll do it. That's not how we can accomplish anything in this life of any value, of anything worthwhile. Most intellectuals would struggle with this teaching. They would think that's just not logical. That's not possible. There's no way in the world that people can just believe for things that are not, or people can just dismiss the things they're going through, and while they're going through their difficult challenges and circumstances in life, just dismiss that and let go of it and think beyond that and to think about some greater thing happening. But that's, but it can happen and it will happen. I believe that it will happen in your life. Those people who are intellectuals, though, have a difficult time in accepting faith and believing in faith. They struggle with the idea. They let their intellect rob them of their faith, of even having faith. There's a doctor that I know, a really a great guy. He's a super guy. He's married and has some children and just got to know him pretty well. And we, we meet from time to time and talk about his life and talk about the future and talk about his faith. And there are times when he'll look at me and he'll say, you know, Pastor, he says, I have a problem with 
this idea of hope and faith and believing when someone's sick that just somehow they're going to pray and they're going to open up their Bible and read a verse and somehow miraculously they're going to get healed. I have a rough time with that. And he said, because it just, just can't happen. It doesn't happen. So then we have to go through a process of kind of bringing him back to his faith. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Absolutely. I said, can you prove that? Well, no. I said, so therefore, you're accepting faith. And he'll look at me and say, yeah, I guess you're right there. Then I always tell him another thing. I'll say, you know, you're so wrapped up in science and science is wonderful. It's great. Matter of fact, science today is proving that God is real, that creation is real. So there's a lot of work going on that today in our country and around the world where people who are scientists are now discovering that the things that have been created just couldn't happen, just happenstance. They There had to be a creator. There had to be an oversight of something greater than man to make these things happen the way they did. Well, this doctor and I will chat about science and then he'll get all wrapped up in the science of this medicine or that medicine. And I remember one day talking to him and I said, well, let me ask you a question. All the medications and all the chemicals and all those little things that you're putting in your medication to make a, a pill or to make a shot and a vaccination or whatever, didn't all those little things come right here on earth? Weren't those little things that were maybe plants or, or various forms of chemicals and things that are already on this earth that we've just somehow put together and made this new medicine? Wasn't the, all that stuff that's in that pill really created by God? And he'll look at me and say, you know, I guess you're right. And I said, now, then I just said something that's not logical to you. I just said something to you that's not scientifically proven in your sense. But in reality, you're accepting that by faith and believing that. And now you're taking your science and using your science and saying, you know, in reality, what you just said is true. God placed all that stuff here on earth and man is just now getting around to finding it all, putting it together and making great vaccinations and great medications and things that are helping people. You see, those people of faith can have a great impact on people of science or people of great intellect who are challenged by a lack of faith. So don't ever let someone who is highly educated or to the point where they just don't want to talk about the things of God because they don't like the discussion of faith, don't let that rob you from your opportunity to speak to them and share what's happened in your life and explain to them how you've changed since you've become a Christian and how your life has changed. And they'll start seeing it and start seeing that change in you. And all of a sudden, they'll start believing by faith that something great has happened in your life. So we need to work with the intellectuals and we need to love them and care for them. Never give up on them and believe that God's going to bring them down to a full relationship with him and they will catch the concept of faith. They'll catch the reality of becoming a born-again believer and they'll catch the concept that God creates things from nothing. God can bring things back to life that man has given up on, whether it be a physical life or there just be an activity in our life. God's able, and I believe it's going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in those that you speak into their lives, and I believe that God has a great plan for you and will bring forth those things that you've wanted, like boldness to witness, like the ability to speak on the things of God with confidence and with faith, that that's going to come forth in your life. So I believe for that right now, and I claim it now in Jesus name. Matter of fact, I call it forth in Jesus name. Let's address the idea that those people who are listening into this podcast have a desire to have greater faith. Otherwise, I don't think that you would have listened or tuned into it. So now let's believe for that. A lot of folks spend their entire Christian walk doubting their faith, questioning their faith, wondering if they have any faith and why is it they don't have faith. There's a man that I know 
quite well, who is a, a really a great guy, good Christian, good solid man. He's married. Him and his wife are dear friends of ours. And many times when we get together, have coffee or talk about various things, he would make a statement to me like, I need to hear someone speak on faith. I need to hear something on faith that I can believe in. Now, he had been going to church most of his life. He's heard many, many messages on faith. He's read about it. But he, what's re, what he's really saying is that he's never, ever accepted or caught the idea that God can call something from nothing and make something great out of it. He can take nothing and turn it into something awesome and amazing. So through that challenge, he's experienced various issues in his life, physical and financial and things of that nature, and marital and all those types of things. And through that, he keeps thinking and questioning that he has any faith. Well, then he was diagnosed with a very serious disease, and now, all of a sudden, his faith is growing and exploding. And he's believing for those things that are not as though they are. He's believing for healing in his body. He's believing for finances being brought forth in his, in his life. And it's just amazing to see how this challenge that he's had has turned out to be really a benefit in his life to his faith. Now, that doesn't mean, I don't mean that you need to get sick to have faith. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that what the devil intended for bad, for evil, God has turned into good. When he became sick, obviously the devil was happy about that and wanted that to take his life. But because of that sickness and that illness and because of financial setbacks and those types of things and other issues and family members that are struggling, his faith is growing and growing. And every time that I see him and talk to him now, I see an increase in faith and an increase in believing. And he's looking at the idea that God is taking that the devil intended for evil and turned out to be something good. Which basically, that, that comment I just made comes from the story of Joseph and his brothers in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. Some of you may remember that's the story where Joseph's brothers turned on him and they told their father that Joseph had been killed. And basically, they took Joseph and threw him down in a pit and walked away from him. They left him there to die. And someone came along and rescued him. And next thing you know, Joseph was blessed. And then later, Joseph had a challenge in his life and he was thrown in prison. Then Joseph was blessed and he came out of prison. See, each time, what the devil intended for evil, God intended for good. And he was basically, Joseph was saying, I'm calling forth those things as though they are. And basically, Joseph is the best example in the Bible of someone who was constantly beaten down but never gave up on his hope and trust in God. He just simply would not give up. Throughout Joseph's life, he would have great success and great failure. Great success and great failure. But through all of that, Joseph knew that he would trust in God and believe that God would take care of him, even though the devil intended to take him out and wanted to do all that he could. So towards the end of his life, Joseph had an opportunity to bless his brothers, the very brothers who tried to have him killed and basically walked out on him and was hoping that he would die in that pit. Joseph then looked at them and when they came for help to him, because now Joseph was in charge of half of Egypt and pretty much in control of all the supplies and things that they had there, Joseph replied to them, don't be afraid of me. He says, am I God? He says that I can punish you. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. 
I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to him. But in the middle of that, he said something that was so important. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. You see, when you're going through a challenge, when we're going through a difficult time, when I was diagnosed with cancer three different times in my life, I knew that God was still in charge, that God was able to do greater than I expected. And, and he did. And Joseph was the same way. He realized that he was calling forth those things that are not as though they were. Imagine when he was in prison that God looked at him and said, I got to take care of this guy. And Joseph said, I know God's going to take care of me, even though I'm in prison. While he was in prison, he knew that he would be blessed. So during his time in prison, he worked hard. He did everything he could. Next thing you know, he was in charge of all the prisoners in there. And he became highly respected of someone who was a great organizer and a good administrator and would do things that would bless with the whatever environment he was in he know that he could improve it and make it better so what the devil intended for bad in your life god intends for good and you can defeat that through your faith and trust in god that god will call forth those things that are not as though they are he'll bring you into the right relationships that you need to have with people. So therefore, you'll see your life blessed and you'll be a blessing to others. So don't ever give up. Don't ever give up and believe that God doesn't care or God's not there to rescue you and help you in your difficult challenges and times in your life where you need his help. Don't ever give up on the faith that God has placed in your heart and believe that your faith will grow and can grow and that someday you will have caught this concept of bringing something from nothing. It'll be so much a part of you that you'll teach it to others and you'll share that with others and you'll find that in their life they can be taught but they've got to catch it in order to make it come to pass in their life and become reality in their life. So I'm going to pray for you right now and pray that God will bless you and give you that faith and increase your faith to believe for things that are not as though they are. Father, thank you for the opportunity I've had in this session today to bring forth a message that will help, I believe, and strengthen your people. I thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit guiding me and directing me in this teaching. And I pray, Lord, that it will bring forth great results, Father. And I thank you for it. And I thank you, God, that there's people who listened in today who've caught this message. They've caught it, Lord. They're not just reading it or just hearing it, Lord, but it's become a part of them, Father. And when it is a part of them, a part of their heart, a part of their mind, a part of their faith, they will see an increase in faith and they'll draw closer to you, Father. I believe it, Lord. It's taking place even now. As I speak it, Lord, I'll thank you for it in advance and give you all the glory now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before I wrap up this podcast today, I want to make a very quick review of the things that we've covered and kind of put it fresh in your mind. Regardless of what we believe is without life in us, our God can create new things out of nothing. That's a point I believe that needs to get into your heart and in your spirit. Another thing I need you to do is to make a list of those things in your life that need to be brought back to life. Get a piece of paper out when you get a chance and write it down and plan to see those things come back to fruition. And finally, remember that sometimes our intellect will rob us of our faith. So avoid that at all costs, that your faith is never harmed by what only you can see because the word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see that passage of scripture needs to be caught so I've read it to you I've taught it to you but now it's up to you to catch it and believe that faith is the evidence of things not seen so therefore I I believe that God is going to use this teaching to strengthen your faith and to increase it so that you'll be a blessing to yourself 
and to those that you're praying for. So if you're interested in maybe getting additional information on this series that I'm teaching on, Faith to Receive, you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and when you get there, you'll find a list of books that I've written on various subjects and topics. One is based on the book that I'm using for my outline in this podcast series on faith. It's entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. And I believe it will bless you and help you receive greater faith to receive greater blessings in your life. If you've not listened to my previous podcasts on faith, there's a number of them on this website. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. In my next podcast, I'm going to be taking on a topic entitled, Learn to Identify Roadblocks to Greater Faith. You know, we place a lot of roadblocks in our life that we don't even realize we put there. And I know that God has a plan to break down those walls and those roadblocks that keep us from having greater faith and being able to obtain the kind of walk with God that we want to see in our life. So I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I just have one final thing to say to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you and may you receive greater faith than you'd ever wished or dreamed for. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.